0: Hey, 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 welcome to the Really Charlie podcast, where I try to bring to you some educational and inspirational speakers, whether they're authors, you know, singers, dancers, entertainers, community activists, whatever it may be. We are really trying, really, like, really, like, really, 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 really trying to get the message out. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah, really. We're really trying to get this message out. So join me on the Really Charlie Podcast. Once, twice, three times, four times a week. It all depends. If you want your story out there, just reach out to me. And I'll put you on the Really Charlie podcast. God bless. And stay blessed. Take care. Hey, hey, hey. Really? Welcome, everybody, to the Really Charlie podcast. Today's guest is Mika Marie. And. Nikki Williams. We have another guest on standby and uh we're just gonna wait if she comes on. She we'll definitely add her to the screen and that's Linda Hall. A great, great group of guests. And there's one thing that um you know, I wanna listen and hear from these guests because they are parents, advocates and champions for their children and many more other children. So I want to hear this story from A to Z as much as we can put in this podcast within the, within the hour. Or so, but without further ado, Mickey Marie, I Mika Marie, sorry man, <laughs> sorry. take some take some water. You know, I'm sorry, I had bad head day. You know, but, you know. My- Join the
1: club. Join the club.
0: Um, so, um. My guests today have, are the first and foremost parents of autistic children, and um they're always trying to do the best they can for their children and uh, and other people's children. So I want you to get to learn them, and I also want to bring out some autism awareness. We're going to try this for a show, um, and then we're going to try to maintain it and keep it going maybe monthly. Maybe, maybe uh, every two months or something like that. We're, but we're going to do the best we can. All right. So, Sounds good. Nikki, why don't you give us a little background, a little bio about yourself? And, um, well, wait, before we do that, we got our other guests tuning in. I'm going to add her to the screen. Great. All right. All right. Hold on one second.
2: Hi, sorry, I'm trying to figure out why my camera's not working, so it's taking me a little longer to jump on. Nice to meet everyone. I'm going to, if it's okay with you, I'm going to try to log on on a different device since my laptop is acting crazy right now. Is that okay? Okay.
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh,
2: (laughs) Sorry, but I wanted to jump on so you didn't think I forgot. I'm here. I'm just trying to figure it out.
0: (laughs) No problem. All right. Thank Thank you. All right, so Nikki, why don't we get the show rolling with you and uh, just give us a little bio? Um, you know, and
3: about started out um, working in healthcare about twenty-two years ago. Um, I'm a mom of four, so when my oldest was about one years old, I started on the healthcare journey. Um, I have four children now. The oldest is 23, and the other one will be 21, and my daughter is 18, a senior in high school this year. And then I have Michael, my son who's 10, uh, who is on the autism spectrum. Um, So um, I've been working in healthcare for quite a while, and um, when I had Michael, I was working as a nurse And so um, I was able to, you know, really tap into the community um, and become a little bit more proficient in learning about the autism subtypes and, you know, how children are impacted and then the, you know, trajectory, the growth that we're seeing. So um, that has become my mission. Um, I deviated away from mainstream medicine and am now working, you know, more with families with autism and working on their journey, their health care journey with their children, um, which helps the entire family.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Mika, your turn.
1: Well. Um, Glad you're representing with that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, um. I'm not as in-depth as Nikki. Nikki was started in the health field. I'm just a parent. Um, I have two sons, one who is 23, and my youngest, who will be 15, who is also on the spectrum. Um, I started to get involved, obviously, and learn when my son got his diagnosis. And ever since then, I've been probably my son's biggest advocate and um there's not how can i say i've been for friends i've been there for family i've answered questions nikki's more in depth than i am as far as you know in programs and stuff i was never involved in programs but if anybody ever needed help i was always there and i would talk to anybody anytime i could you know and give my experience
3: you helped me i I reached out to you when my son was diagnosed I reached out to Tamika Tamika and I go way back to being young kids um, together and actually her older son and my oldest son um, they were born within a couple of days of each other and we saw each other in the hospital and life brought us back together um, after the fact um, when my son was diagnosed and Tamika had been vocal on Facebook about her son's diagnosis. And when you get that diagnosis, you're just grabbing for straws, trying to connect with anyone that you can. Because, you know, as Tamika will tell you, the prognosis um, is unknown. When your child gets that diagnosis early on, you just don't know what the future will look like.
1: So right. And you have to, to you have to try I don't want to say try everything. But you have to learn. You have to learn a lot. Um, You know, you have to talk to others. Her and I spoke a couple times, you know, and you have to learn different methods, different ways. And, um, you know, there's no wrong way, how would I say, to go about helping your child on the spectrum at all, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it does take a village, and it does take parents like Nikki and I, you know, to communicate without a couple other autism moms and dads I would probably still be lost even 11 well, years after the diagnosis
0: and 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 with all that said you know um you know how do you how do you help yourself with self care you know both of you what do you do to try to you know that there may be a, a time where maybe you ignore self-care, I don't know, you know, it, it's different individuals, different, you know, households, you know, um, Nikki, how do you deal with self-care, you know, as far as, just, you know, you just in general, um, or do you just kind of take a deep breath and just say, no? Um, I got to be here for my child right now, you know, suck it up, do what you have to, um, how do you deal with it?
3: I think um, it's a combination of both. Um, you know, early on, you're being pulled in all directions with service providers and therapies and doctor's appointments, and it doesn't stop. Um, and people will tell you, you have to take care of yourself first. If you don't take care of yourself first, you'll burn out for your kid. And, and eventually it does happen. Um, so that was advice I didn't take early on. Um, and I was in the midst of raising my three other children at that point when Michael was diagnosed. The older children were 10, 12 and 14 years old. So I was still running to basketball and carpool and, you know, and, and trying to accommodate this child who needed a very strict and structured routine. Um, So what I ultimately, you know, learned was that I was burning out very quickly. And fortunately, because of my background, um, I was able to kind of go into my doctors, advocate for myself and say, hey, I need to be, you know, evaluated and looked at because my stress threshold is, you know, not where it had been. And, you know, from there they gave me all those tips. You have to work out. You have to take vitamins. You have to eat a diet that is nutritious um, in order to sustain yourself because this is a very, very long road. And so um,
1: I do a lot better now that he's older. Yeah, it took a while for you. You have to conform. I don't say conform your life, but you have to learn to live your life the way that they need to live. You get, you get what I'm saying? Like, um, yep. have, it's not what you want and not saying that we take away what we want, but at the same time, we have to understand that they work and they learn a little different and their everyday activities are not as some others. So we have to learn and adapt. And even <sighs> that takes a strain on us as parents, you know, because we're used to, especially when we have older children, there mm-hmm. was another set of routine. Now we have to flip that whole routine. So now as he's older, it's like clockwork. And that's, you know, something that took a lot for me because I was just a free spirit, you know, and it took a lot for me to get that structure. And that's one thing that I've learned that I'm so grateful for is that structure that my son has given to me. And that, and that that takes a lot. And trust me, it takes a lot of time to get that point a lot of time a lot of therapy a lot of everything and as far as self-care sometimes i just take mental health days Mm -hmm. a lot of times you know he might go with my mom or sometimes he just doesn't even want to bother with me either so you know (laughs) it happens and now he's a teenager with autism so that's even more fun you know the,
0: it oh, worked out in my favor. Um, I don't know where that background's coming from, but um, the uh, all right. Um, what we're going to do is um, hold on. Linda, Linda, can you hear me?
2: Yes, I can. I have- all right,
0: okay the um hi nice to join us i i i mean nice mm-hmm. for you to join yeah. us i really appreciate it um what we were basically talking about is you know self care and and but i, I what i want to do is kind of backtrack you know i really want to want the audience to know you the listeners the viewers to know you if you can give us a little bio about yourself and and your relation to autism um and uh Go ahead.
2: Well, uh, my name is Linda, uh, born and raised in Massachusetts. Well, Taunton, Mass. Um, So I hear the accents and I love it. (laughs) I'm like missing out a little homesick. Um, I've been in Cali now for about 16, 17 years now. Um, My oldest daughter, Janai, is now 23. um, And she was born with cerebral palsy. And um, she has epilepsy as well. So that's where my special needs journey began. And um, so I, because of her and her condition, and I, um, she's the oldest of four. And so finding things for us to do as a family was always difficult. And, you know, someone was always being left out. And her needs, you know, she has extraordinary needs like she's fully dependent on me um and so I wanted to create a space for the whole family that is all-inclusive so that we can teach other kids um how to interact with our kids who have special needs um because there's a lot of apprehension and I think that the apprehension comes from like just not knowing and that fear of um the differences and so from the beginning, what I've done is go into schools and teach kids about the similarities, like, you know, ask them, like, what do you like to do? And then, well, you know, she likes to do that, too. And along my journey, I've met more and more families who are in the same situation, who are in the same need. And we as parents, we need support, you know, we like, as um, the ladies were talking about, like being able to call another parent and ask questions and listen to their journey and know what they did when they were in that situation, knowing that you're not alone is really huge because I think that as moms, we try to take on everything ourselves and figure it all out ourselves. And a lot of times it's not about like reinventing the wheel. It's just like a phone call or Um, maybe there really isn't the help that we need. And then it's like, well, if we come together, we're more likely to get it done together versus like one of us trying to take on the world. Um, You know, uh, I started Inclusion Clubhouse and my long-term vision is to have a recreational center that's all-inclusive for the whole family, where we have support groups for parents, where we have support groups for siblings, because a lot of times the siblings feel neglected. Like, the other sibling is getting all the attention, and they're not getting any attention, their needs aren't being met, and then they get very resentful and angry, and then they have their their own issues going through, and really providing, like, a community where parents can talk to other parents about what's going on, where the siblings can maybe talk to other siblings who are going through the same stuff. That maybe they wouldn't meet because you know they have their own friends at school, but most of their friends don't deal with the same things that they deal with. And so, um, my current board president, her son has autism, um, and my first intern last year was um, is an eighteen-year-old from one of the high schools who's on the spectrum, and okay. I learned so much from her it was just insane like her and my daughter became best friends and she was my daughter doesn't speak and so she became like a mouthpiece for my daughter and just seeing that was like oh my god and like she'll tell me you know um for my daughter's sweet 16 we created a special needs family Family prom that we put on every year obviously with covid we haven't really done like our events like her 21st birthday we created love cello which is our version of coachella so um Mm -hmm. special needs events has been our big thing um and so dorothy who is her best friend who's on the spectrum like really just gets her where I'm her mom and I'm assuming what she needs. Like, I'm just assuming what she wants. And it was so interesting to have her friends say, she's not a baby. She's not a kid. Like, cause I'm like, I call her baby. Like, she's still my little girl, even though she's 23, because she's still mentally a little, little kid. And she's like, um we don't do play dates anymore. Can we call them hangouts? And then can we not call it the special needs family prom? Can it be like the inclusion prom? Like just really like letting me know, hey, like we're adults, we're young adults. We wanna be treated that way. And just because we may not be vocal or whatever, like we still want you to know, hey. And it's so funny because every time she would speak, my daughter would be like, Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, uh-huh. you Got it. Julie <laughs> noted. That's good. So, yeah. So, it's that's good. a little bit of my background and how I got here and my journey. And, um, yeah. So, any questions that you All guys right. have? Mm-hmm.
0: I appreciate it. The Inclusion Clubhouse um, definitely. Y'all should check that out, you know, on Facebook. It's definitely, um, you know, a good. it's a very uh, inspiring, inspiring thing. Nikki, I want to touch, I want to go back to you about, um, what was it? TACA, the TACA organization. Can you kind of inform me a little about that?
3: Sure. So TACA is a nonprofit out of California that started about 20 years ago. And um, when I was early on in my journey, I found this organization and it was the first time, like I told you, I was, I'm in the medical profession. So when my son regressed and I went back to my colleagues and said, Hey, my kid was speaking and now he's not speaking. And Hey, my kid could feed himself. And now he couldn't feed himself. I was kind of told, Oh, it's the luck of the draw. It's what happens. Um, these kids with autism, they regress. So, um, that wasn't good enough for me. Like I said, Michael's my youngest of four. And I saw my child completely developmentally appropriate until he wasn't anymore. And TACA was the first website that I found that addressed some of the underlying causes that cause children to sometimes regress. Um, we know that there are some genetic causes of autism and we know that some kids, um, you can identify autism in them as early as six months old, but there's this other subset of kids who have these regressions. So, um, through TACA, which is the Autism Community in Action, um, I learned a lot about the medical side of autism. Um, and that was very inspiring for me. It was the first time I had received any mission of hope for my child. So, as I said, when they're, you know, two and three years old and they're diagnosed, you don't know if at 12 they'll be potty trained, if they'll make a sandwich, if they'll read a book, if they'll count money, you have no idea. And they're like, just take them to therapy and hope for the best. And TACA gave me a little bit of a, of a different approach. Like, Hey, some of these kids have some underlying medical causes. And when addressed, they thrive and, you know, kids who are non-speaking sometimes will start to use language and kids who, you know, may have been receptively unable to understand start to have a little bit more cognition. And so I, you know, being a nurse and being in healthcare, I took that information and ran with it and would show up in the doctor's offices with five and 15 studies saying, we need to try this. Um, We need to run this test. And, you know, the doctors would express their apprehension in doing it. But I was persistent. And lo and behold, many of the things that I learned through them, through the doctors that, you know, sit on their board and in the conferences that they have. I was able to address a lot of the medical causes um, that were causing my son to. Um, have meltdowns more frequently, to not be able to fall asleep at night, um, to improve his expressive and his receptive language. And so um, I've been the Massachusetts volunteer for that organization, um, coordinator for that organization for the last four years. Um, and so I help families all over Massachusetts and hope, um, host events and, and support groups.
0: The uh, That's wonderful. I, I I started following up on that and. In- Hold on one second here. Yeah. i tell
1: you what, though. Persistence is key.
0: Yes, it is. Persistence is key,
1: especially with... In the autism community, it's very key that you have to be persistent because these doctors are very reluctant. I had to fight. Fight to
2: get uh, the and like Nikki said. I think that I in it this community, definitely you have to fight because if you don't, like... They sweep you under the rug. It's like the squeaky, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil type of thing. And, you know, with special needs in general, um, regardless of what the disability is, it's it's that same. And, And the crazy thing is, is everyone assumes that you're getting that you're getting access and that you have the resources that you need. They're like, oh, they don't have they don't have something for that. It's like, yeah. Um, Exactly. I I wouldn't be looking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: They had. Um. I was. I was. Kind of scanning and looking through all kinds of stuff, listening to different podcasts over um, throughout the past week, and one of the most disturbing ones that I came across um, was the uh, the the government, the Department of Defense, was actually. Trying to stop, you know, military families from getting uh, the assistance, especially you know, with with kids in the spectrum, families in the spectrum, that they they would they're actually doing research, gathering data, um, to bring to Congre- Congress to stop a lot of the programs that the the you know, especially with autism, and, and they were they were, actually trying to stop all those programs. And it's it's moved forward. It took Congress. They're still you know, looking into it. But could you imagine the, the Department oh, there of was Defense. a point
1: in time. There was a point in time. Ask Nikki that um, they were cutting our ch- children's services at school, and we had to put up a fight with that too. They, were, <laughs> they That was that's the first thing that they cut. Special needs st- students are the first first cut that they make all the time, and it's horrible. So. Yeah. It just, so when we say we
3: have to fight, we have to fight. Yeah. Every last thing. And we didn't intend for it to be that way, right? Like you, you're, we're here, we're in the city and um, we have rapport with a lot of, with the elementary schools like that, you know, our kids are going to with the principals. And, um, you know, unfortunately you get into a situation where you're having to be assertive and um, call them out on you know, their rights being violated um, because when they're in school on an IEP, they have legal rights and the school has a legal obligation to uphold their end. And, um, you know, I had a teacher tell me straight out, um, well, we didn't tell you, um, but if you asked, I wouldn't lie to you. So, you
1: know, on a regular basis, you know, a lot yeah. of the stuff we don't get told unless we ask. You know, and it's it's always an uphill battle. You know, once we that's think we're why, making progress, it just
0: you know. And that that's why I, I I'm very confident that um you ladies will be, you know, the parent, the advocate and the champion for your child. And um I I I definitely want to preach to that that don't just sometimes you need help but always be that strong advocate for your child because you know people slip things by you and if you're not an advocate you're not going to know you let it rely on other people you know they're not going to be looking for the things that you kind of talk to the clinician about or or, someone else about you know someone that's just kind of you know just half stepping and putting the hours in. So continue to do what you're doing. And I really want you guys to, you know, continue to educate me because on a daily basis I am with artistic children and I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn me something today. As my friend, Mr. John Clark says, I'm just trying mm-hmm. to learn something. And, um, I really want to get better. Um, here's another parent here, uh, I want to mention it. This is another woman that kind of needs support, and um, but is, um I was amazed how she, uh, here she is, Mandy. It's very, it's very much a love and hate relationship when it comes to the school system. And and Mandy, I want to let you know that you know you see these women here on the screen. Um, you know, make sure that you reach out and and because you guys are not alone. You're not alone. You know, speak to someone and. Um, Mandy is uh, definitely a person that's going to speak up for her children. And um, so, um, Linda, uh, I want to talk to you about, um, you know, out there on the West Coast, um, you know, how's it going out there, you know, as far as, you know, is it, do you get strong support there or is it still something that you have to, you know, seek and find what you possibly need?
2: Yeah, it's definitely something where um, you have to be an advocate and you have to speak up. If you don't, act, like, don't ask, don't tell. It's definitely, so it it was hard, especially the older my daughter got, it got even harder, more difficult. And um, it was always a battle to make sure that she was included um, as far as her education is concerned and to make sure that she was getting the best education possible, given her situation and her circumstances. And so one thing I did was I got on a, um, a committee um, called the Community Advisory Committee, and it was for LAUSD because we live in the LA area. And um, so I sat on the board. I was part of the... Um, one of the advisors. So I sat on, like, it's a big community advisory committee. And I started as just part of the community. And then I was like, made sure I was on the board and we are the ones who help write the SELPA, which is the, um, the law that goes into place that says what the kids are entitled to in the schools. And I found that it wasn't until like, I was sitting in those rooms where I could really see what was happening and the politics behind it all and how difficult it really is to make sure that your kids are getting the services that they need when they need them. Um, also the, um, the difference in the minority communities and the services that the minorities were getting versus the white community. It was just like the, the numbers were ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. kids, who had autism being suspended for behaviors that obviously they couldn't control. And just like, just dumb, like obviously they have to put rules in place, but like we were really fighting for like, hey, you know, these are special circumstances. Are you looking at this? Are you looking at, at these different, um, do they have like the behavior role assistance that they need in the classroom? Do they have the supports they need? Do the teachers know how to respond to certain situations and, you know, fighting for training and, um, in the classroom and the type of teachers, because a lot of our students with autism are in general ed and they have like, maybe like a resource assistant that helps them. So making sure that they were getting the right type of help and were in the right type of classroom for their particular, um, IEP for their situation. Um, so yeah, definitely out here, it's, it's the same struggle. Like I think yeah. everyone goes through it and that's why I said that it's really important to have that strong support group with, with parents and with the community advisory committee, it was all parents. Um, a majority had special needs kids on different, you know, different disabilities from autism to cerebral palsy to Down syndrome. And then we also had parents who had uh, typical kids in general ed. And it was a collaborative of how do we make this work for everyone? And um, it, like like you lady said, it takes a village and it really does. And that knowing that there's someone that you can call, that there's someone you can reach out to, that you're not alone. And it's not, it doesn't all have to be an uphill battle, which is why we created our events because we're like, okay, our kids need to have fun. The parents need to have fun. And then it also builds a sense of community where they get to know each other and they get to see each other in like a different light and it's not always such a hardship you know um because i think that that's important like self-care is huge that's another thing that we stress to our parents it's like self-care even if it's like 10 minutes or a half hour in the tub by yourself. Hey. Quiet time like no interruptions, which sometimes is really hard for us. Like 10 minutes in the closet sometimes is what I used to get. True. You know when you got four kids, it's like so hard to find time for yep. yourself. But, you know, you have to you have to prioritize, prioritize yourself because if you're not healthy, you can't take care of anyone else.
0: Exactly. Um Mika, you your your child's going to a new school district, so Um, Are you prepared for, you know, what's going to happen, what's offered to you and your child in that new district?
1: Well, he is entering high school. And, you know, middle school was a little different, but I am aware of everything that's offered and what he is supposed to get. So, you know, I will be in communications with the school and I will be, trust me, They'll know my face. Now. I'm not that. It's good. better believe that they
0: will know who I am up in there
1: Because
0: I will, you know, well, yeah, uh, I, I make you, it very clear. You got your own podcast, so guess what? You can just throw it out there, you know?
1: Put it right on and blast, I, but, you know.
0: Yeah, put it on blast, and then <laughs> I'll, I'll add to it. I'll put it on the Really Tally <laughs> podcast, and we'll, we'll go after them. You know, it's <laughs> you know, every growing
1: step with a child with autism is a scary thing for a parent. And I and I say that because we're stepping into a pool that we don't know the temperature in. It could be ice cold or extremely hot or just right. So I'm really, really nervous, but my son has come a very long way from them telling me he's never going to talk into him being you know, a regular teenager. And it's an amazing journey for me. And so this stepping into high school, trust me, I cried like a baby earlier. <laughs> because, you know, not only is, you know, he's my baby, but, you know, just the things that we've been through to get to the steps. And I think every autism parent has that point where you see a child make the even the smallest achievement is the biggest sigh of relief and the biggest it's one of the happiest things in your, in your life. And with this being accepted to a vocational school, which they were saying is very hard to get in and all this, this is a child they said that wouldn't speak. Mm-hmm. They said that wouldn't progress. Here he is reading at his age level, right at his age level, comprehending, just yeah. being his age level. You know, he still has his struggles, but you know, we work up, we work on it every day, every day, and that's it's a part of the journey.
0: Oh, well, you got to put that personality in place, right in front and center, in front of the teachers and the administration oh, for man. your they son, get ready because. For me. <laughs> well, I—I I mean, I'm talking Listen. about you, but I'm—I'm I'm actually talking about your son. You know, you get him there. Actually, we could do some live weatherman reports. You know, because they. Oh
1: man, like, I don't know if I'm pretty sure yeah. Nikki's yeah. seen the weatherman, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know yeah, so. he's, you know he's coming to his own, and the ability to be vocalized like he is has been. It's just been amazing for me to watch. People don't understand. I get so emotional because I've seen from babble to cussing me out, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, and just having a normal conversation, whereas three years ago, he couldn't conversate with people. He couldn't even look people in the eye. Now he's just having conversations, meeting people, making new friends and, you know, and it's. The joy of it—that's the joy. There are downs, but I don't ever look at the downs. I always look at the joy of autism in my life.
0: What you gonna always. do when he brings his boo home? Oh no! <laughs>
1: Listen, he already talked about it. He already talked about it. You know? <laughs> he, has, he, he has a big brother, so you know he's gonna follow yeah. his big brother's footsteps. And... <laughs> That
0: that's that's that conversation. Yeah, but you know, I have I I have older ones, so I'm kind of
1: prepared.
0: What you what you were supposed to say is really, Charlie? You know?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, really, Charlie.
0: (laughs) So let's um, it's kind of all right. Nikki, we'll go back to you and talk about some of the highlights of, of, your, of your wonderful wonderful children. All of you have wonderful children. And, um, you know, so what are some of the highlights that you shared with, 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 your, with your child?
3: Um, so um, with Michael, Michael is an amazing athlete. Um, one of the things about kids with autism is that they sometimes can lack that um, gauge for safety. Um, and this kid happens to have, you know, that gymnastics gene <laughs> that my dad passed on down. And my husband was an athlete too, um, gymnast and um, basketball player, so and soccer player. So he kind of has it instinctively. Um, so he does all kind of tricks and three sixty jumps and attempts all types of moves. Um, So that's a huge, you know, highlight for him. Um, We actually just started a little uh, Instagram channel for him. So um, he is now getting his little notoriety because he's into that and and asking, did anybody, I get any new followers? Did anybody like my video? Um, Which is great because Michael really wants to be communicative And um, his receptive language is on par. So you can speak to him and he understands what you're saying, but expressively he has a little bit of a deficit. So um, now he's starting to use social media and wanting to interact and he uses a voice command and he can get some of those sentences out um, where, you know, it's not me prompting him all the time. Say this and say that. Um, You know, some of the other highlights from Michael is that um, through the biomedical interventions that we've been able to do by, like I said, addressing those underlying causes that were holding him back, um, he's just, he's thriving and he's gaining developmental years um, quicker than what we had seen in the past. So, um, you know, he probably gained about, you know, two years of development in the last year. And that's just by you know, kind of going after those those things that are that are holding him back medically. Um, and then you know, my other kids—they are a great support to Michael. They're so much older than him. It's like you know, three other adults in the house always directing him and guiding him. And it's great because he uses that communication on his his siblings and don't tell me what to do. And you're not the mom. And you're not the dad. And. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm grateful that he has them around to push him, to push him along. Yeah, having
1: Uh, family that is supportive is great. I I love it. You know, there's nothing like it.
0: Good. Um, The, uh, you know, why don't you uh, actually, Linda, share some highlights about your child and and we'll go to Mika. And then i have another part that i want to get into
2: sure well i just want to i just want to say you ladies are doing an amazing job with your kids and um you know walking that journey with them and not and not letting it defeat you um that in and of itself is is amazing because a lot of times like i've i've spoken to a lot of parents who are at their wits' end, who don't know what to do anymore, and just like want to throw in the towel. So, you know, I think it's amazing that you fight for your kids and that you know you walk the path with them, uh, both with them. Um, so that's amazing. And you know, this is a this is a journey that everyone you know is struggling with. It's like autism is at such an all time high. It's just crazy that these numbers just keep growing versus like finding solutions. And now you're, you know, the numbers are going down. So, um, so yeah, so I commend you ladies and uh, you know, my journey is different, but similar, you know, because my daughter doesn't have autism, but I do have so many, like I said, my board president, her son has autism. I have lots of friends who have children with autism through the organization. Um, my daughter's best friend, Dorothy, uh, so with my daughter, it's been such, uh, she teaches me something every day. And even though like she's nonverbal, she doesn't, um, have work. Basically she's like a baby. So everyone's like, well, how do you communicate? I'm like, well, how do you communicate? How do you communicate with a baby? Like when they cry, Mm -hmm. you feed them or you check their diaper or like, you know what I mean? Like you just go down the list of what could it be? what time did she eat? When did she go to the bathroom last? Let me, you know, let me check her diaper. Let me see if she's hungry. Um, is something bothering her? It's like, that's it. It's like a guessing game. You know, sometimes she has like cues, like, you know, if she's chewing her tongue, I'm like, Oh my God, is she hungry? Is it time to eat? What time did she eat last? All right, let me give her a snack. You know, um, She's just fussing. Maybe she just wants attention and she wants you to hang out with her. And then if you sit with her and she's like, cool. And she's hugging, you, you're like, okay, she just wanted attention. Let me chill and hang out with her. And you know, it's, it's been a guessing game, but like one thing that she has te- has taught me so much is just to be grateful because she is happy all the time and it doesn't matter that she can't walk. It doesn't matter that she can't talk like Life to her is an adventure, you know, and even though it's fully dependent on me, which is why I um, have done, you know, tried to do so much with the organization for her because she's such a social butterfly and Mm -hmm. there isn't a lot because people look at her as though she can't do anything because she's fully dependent on someone else. And it's like, well, eh, you know, we got to worry more about the kids who have more potential who are more um, physically capable of doing things. And the one thing I've learned with all of the kids that I've come in contact with is, you know, they just, they want to be loved and they want to be, they want to be able to at least try, you know, to do what everyone else is doing. Even if they can't do it like everyone else, they just want to be given the opportunity to To be able to do what everyone else is doing, and um, that's been the big thing for me with my daughter is just whatever I can to help her live her best life to the best of her ability. And as long as I know that I'm trying, then that's all I can do. I used to beat myself up all the time; like nothing I did was ever enough. It was never enough. Like, and as a as a mom, it you know you burn yourself out. You know trying to fix everything and a lot of times there isn't anything to fix you just have to accept that it is what it is you know not in all circumstances obviously not in every situation but in some situations you have to like just stop beating yourself up and you know just say did i do the best that i could and if the answer is yes then you got to pause and leave it at that and just be like okay what's next you know
0: (laughs) exactly um thank you thank you very much i i I like this i'm i'm really proud of this 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 podcast and it's got a lot to do with you guys you know and this information that you're giving to me the viewers and i I really i I really appreciate this um mika you have um you know you have a busy schedule you know very busy you're working full-time you know you're trying to uh do the best you can, you know. Is, is, I like the part, I like one thing about you, and that's your podcast. And, and that you're, <laughs> just, when you're on the podcast, there's no filter. And, um, as a parent going to advocate for your child, you, you sometimes can't have that filter. You know, you really got to hit them, hit them where it hurts sometimes. And, um,
1: you have to be I'm,
0: real just, vocal. Yeah. And, and the, um, now, uh, could you tell me something, the the clin- clinicians that your child had in the other district, is, are they going to follow your, your son to um, another district? How does that work? Which would you...
1: Well, um, as of, well, because of COVID, you know, our IEP meeting, you know, for his transition to high school was a little different, um, depending on what high school he is in. If he was, went to New Bedford High, a lot of the therapists and stuff would follow, but there was only one that's going to follow him into, um, Cameron no longer has a one-on-one because he has exceeded his expectations. And that was my decision. He is integrated into regular classes. So, so that, that makes a, you know, kind of the transition a little better for him
0: that's so great that's
1: um, awesome so you know I just will probably have somebody there you know obviously I have one person there but that will always watch him but you know it is isn't his IEP to have not so much a one on one but someone in the classroom for guidance if he needs it in high school so you know I'm trying to let him be very independent you know it's hard when you you see a child always needing somebody for so long and now he's coming to that point where he doesn't need anyone. And it's a scary thing, but you know, I'm letting him do it. He's going to be getting a driver's permit pretty soon, you know, so uh, yeah, I know, Nicole. Uh. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a blessing to see it cause I never, I. At the beginning, I didn't think that that would be possible for him. I didn't think anything that he's doing today would be possible. And, you know, one of his teachers messaged me today and was like, you announced that he's going to high school and he's going to vote. She said she cried. I said, I was crying too. I said, I'm crying because I'm losing my baby. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I am very proud and I'm crying because of the great pain, you know, the game. You know, people don't understand unless you've been in our shoes, you know, you won't understand the joy that we feel when anything like that takes place.
0: Awesome. Um, we're going to stay with Mika and um, we got about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You know, What I want you to do is um, what kind of message could you give? do you want to give to the parents out there, the listeners, the viewers? um, What message would you give to them as far as being, you know, an autistic advocate, autistic parent, you know, whatever it may be? Um, And I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. I don't want to say anything, you know, that upsets anybody, but I just want you to reach out to make things, autistic awareness, autism awareness, what would you do, the advice, what would you give them? And they were going to kind of go from, you know, to Mika, to Nikki, and then to Linda, and I'll pretty much wrap up our podcast.
1: My biggest advice to any parent that's at the beginning stages or they're just getting a diagnosis, you know, fight the good fight and never give up. Never give up on your child, never give up on yourself, and never give up on your system around you. Because believe it or not, sometimes we may not feel like it, but the system is there to help us. You just got to fight for that help. You know, just never. My, my biggest motto is just never give up at all. Never.
0: Good. Um, what about you, Nikki?
3: Um. So m- my advice is um, to... First, um, get involved with TACA um, because the resources that are available, uh, you know, outside of the medical stuff, they help with IEP stuff. Um, they just have so much information for parents to um, to learn and, you know, take advantage of what you've learned and, and be a strong advocate and be able to go out there and utilize that information So don't be afraid to speak to the teacher or speak to the principal or speak to the adjustment counselor in the school about the things that you've learned and the questions that you may have that arise um, from the information that's out there. One of the biggest things I found is that, um, you know, with that, you know, kind of no prognosis that they give you, um, people will sit back and kind of just wait. They'll go to all the therapies and they're just, you know, kind of going with the flow um, to be a parent to a child with special needs in general and, and autism. You have to really be assertive. You really have to become a teacher. You have to become a medical advocate. You have to become a therapist in your home. And that's a psychological therapist and an ABA therapist or, you know. Floor time therapist, whatever therapies you prefer, but you, you kind of have to become an expert in all those areas in order to thoroughly advocate for your kids. Um, and, uh, you know, I love that TACO organization because they um, also have an online Facebook group of Hope and Help where you can go and you can pose all of those questions that you have. And, you know, there's thousands of people there ready to share their answers, parents just like you. Um, so getting involved and you know, if you have that kind of passive personality where you kind of shake and nod, you know, get a little fire in you and, you know, practice, you know, having those conversations at home and finding that balance of giving that assertiveness without, you know, being rude, because um, you have to take that persona on in order to get your kids what they need. Awesome.
0: And that, that, that site was www.taca.org www.taca, taca now and tacanow.org nah i'm gonna have to fix that um all right the um I, I really appreciate it i'm gonna i need you guys to keep pushing you know we're going to use this podcast to get artistic information out there to everybody so Um, And Linda, what advice do you have as a a parent, you know, to to the people that are out there?
2: Well, I just want to say that, um, you know, your child better than anybody. So no matter what the doctors say, what the therapists say, what anybody says, you are with your child like 10 times more than they are. So I just say never give up. And where there's a will, there's a way and just believe and, you know, fight for what you believe they need. And if, you know, you may see something that they don't see and, you know, vice versa, sometimes like even with my daughter, like they're telling me like, Oh, she's doing this in school and she's doing that. And I'm like, really, I can't get her to do none of that at home. Like, you know, they, they you know, my husband babies baby's my daughter. I don't, you know, I'm like, "Mm -mm, girl, I know what you can do. I heard from the teachers, So you're going to do it for me too. And um, you have to, you have to be that mouthpiece and you know, your kid, you know, when they're manipulating the situation and they just don't want to do it. Um, And you definitely have to have that fight in you. It's not a um, let me just, you know, poke them in the back and be like, "Hey, yeah, so you can't be a mouse. You have to really, you know." Um, and I know me, like being from back east and being Cape Verdean, and like, they no, nope, that's not working. Listen, I <laughs> something <I Yeah>. right. <laughs> and so, kind of. just you know, I echo what the other ladies say. You know, moms are in the trenches and you know what it takes and you know what your child needs and just it's out there and if it's not like i couldn't find what i needed so i was like i'm gonna start something and i'm gonna create it and i'm gonna build it and i know if i build it they're gonna come because it's needed Mm -hmm. because if i'm looking for it i know other people are looking for it you know so um you know we just have to be here for each other and support each other in whatever ways. Um, needed, But know that there's help out there and just fight for what you believe and you know your child better than anybody. And thank you, Charlie. Thank uh, you for um, helping us raise awareness and getting the word out there and really wanting, you know, asking the tough questions and really wanting to help spread the word. I mean, when I moved out to California, TACO is definitely one of the organizations I looked into, even though my daughter didn't have have autism but I was just like maybe she does she was four. I was Mm -hmm. like I don't know like I was still searching for answers and I was just talking to everybody and anybody whether they was telling me she had cerebral palsy whether they were saying she might be might have autism whether she was just developmentally delayed you know um, she wasn't quite having seizures at that time but they had her on seizure medication so I was just looking for answers and, you know, if you look, eventually you're going to find them. So, I'm um, you know, so thank you for getting that out there for us, Charlie.
0: All right. I, uh, man, you guys, everything I expected that was going to come out of this podcast did, you know, and we're, mm-hmm. we're definitely probably missing some things here or there, you know, uh, <laughs> only because autism, autism just, it's complex, you know, you, you got to, There's so much information out there. There's so much things that you have to have an understanding for, um, and I'm learning because someone puts their child in my hands every day. I got to make sure that that, my buddy, my friend, that's what I call him, my buddy, my friend is safe every day. So I'm living and learning, and I I really appreciate, you know, I'm not trying to, push anything on you guys but please if you all could kind of meet up hook up you know whether it's through Facebook you know and hook up because if all three of you are working together you know you're going to help out many many people so please hook up and, and and become friends and as you know as you guys know how to
1: and to anybody who's watching my inbox is always open always always open Anyone yeah. need help? Any anything? My
0: inbox is always open. Yes. Yeah. Same here. All right. yeah. Thank you. All right, you. and uh, please, anything you have, just just share it to the Really Charlie uh, podcast group on Facebook. You know, um, or send it to me, and just you know, I'll put the link on. You know, we're gonna push this because you're a guest. You have that free you have that free access to it. You know, I'm going to push everything that you sent to me only because I'm, I'm very confident of you guys and what you're pushing and what you're you're supporting. so if you send something to me, I'm going to actually put it on the page and then I'm going to share it. And, uh, you know, so anything, fundraisers, anything you're doing, let me know. Thank
1: you. Great.
0: Thank you. All right. Thank you so so much, Charlie. and thank you. In about probably 30 days, I'm gonna to try to do this again. You're all welcome, no matter what. You know, and if you want to push the subject matter, or what we're gonna talk about pertaining to one or two things with autism, let me know, and then we'll stick with that. And uh, I'll let one of you lead, whatever you know. But I'm gonna to continue to do this and invite other people to be on uh, to speak about it also. So. Okay.
2: Thank you. Great. So all Thank right. You. Appreciate you. Thank good. you so much. Appreciate Thank you. you. All
0: three of you. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Night. Five stars to all three of you. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Charlie. All
0: Thank right. Good, good night. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. Can't get any better than that. One, two, three, top guest. I I just, I'm so happy. Um, It's definitely what I expected, as I just mentioned. Um, And autism is is real. Autism is is something that, you know, we have to pay attention to, even if it's not affecting your family. It might be, you know, your child's friend. It may be your friend's child, you know. We got to kind of push it as much as we can and make sure that people are aware of it. You know, April was uh, uh, Autism Awareness Month. But I don't want to... It's like Black History Month. I don't want it to be just kind of pinpointed on one month. I want it to be constant, you know, year-round. 365 days. Constantly talk about it. And uh, Because someone needs you every day. All right. Um, Thank you for the support, listening and viewing. The comments are unbelievable. Y'all... Need a, a great hand. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. And I'm gonna try to answer whatever I can. You know, I, and I'm telling you firsthand that I love all of them. You're all gonna get hots on those comments because they were definitely on point. On point. You showed some some knowledge of what y'all are going through, and I really, really appreciate it. And Mandy, you know this broadcast wasn't long enough. It really wasn't, but People have time, have schedules, so that's why we're going to do it. We're going to do this more often. And um, So if you have any comments, suggestions, please send me a message and I'll work on it. But the Autism Podcast is going to continue. And I'm going to try to do it probably once or twice a month, uh, every two months, once or every two months. But I'm definitely going to get it up there. Thank you, everyone. God bless and um, hey Mike uh, Nikki Nikki we're gonna do this man thank you Linda appreciate you Mika tops always there I really really appreciate y'all five times five stars as I said tune in to the Really Charlie podcast on StreamYard Anchor Spotify Facebook and YouTube support me on YouTube subscribe to my channel It has all these wonderful, wonderful podcasts for you. You know, help a brother out. Mask those beautiful faces. Hand sanitize, wash your hands. Stay safe. God bless. Be blessed. Stay blessed. I love y'all. Take care.